Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Say what needs to be said, Mr. Pick 6, back with another episode. All right, check it out, check it out, check it out. The 4 p.m. deadline that Jim Ursay has given Jonathan Taylor to seek a trade. The all-pro running back is doing amazing things for the Colts, right? No deal has came to fruition or whatever or materialized, but there was a couple teams throwing the fish line out there to see if it could get a bite. Now, the Eagles, you know, you heard a lot of rumors about the Dolphins, and I think he can, you know, bring a lot to these teams and help them get to where they're trying to get. But nobody pulled the trigger. You know, why is that? Why is that? Why is that? The coach felt they wasn't getting the necessary compensation that they wanted to trade for him. So they didn't pull the trigger. But, you know, it's all this tension going on. I don't really understand that. But, uh, you know, they didn't pull the trigger. So what positioning does that leave the, the star running back in now? First, you're going to miss the first four games of the, of the season. You're going to end up, you're going to be on PUP, the pup list. And you're with the team that you have a lot of tensions with. And your relationship isn't too good, right? But that always don't end like that. It is, you know, that's that's part of the process, we like to say sometimes. You're going to go through situations. Uh, you're going to be in negotiations. And it's going to be emotion involved a lot of the times. And you got to be able to, to deal with the emotions and, and get through it. Cooler heads prevail in, in most situations. JT is an important piece, an important piece to the puzzle for the Indianapolis coach, right? They just drafted a franchise quarterback in, in the top five picks in the first round to lead their team. They are rebuilding their team and to, 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 to be a better team. So they're in the rebuilding phase, and he is a young player that is a part of that team, that, that rebuilding of that team. So we are, they are thinking about trading him, and I'm not sure if they really want to trade him, right? Got all this drama going on. Of course, the man wants his money, but... Maybe they don't feel like he's worth what he wants. And I guess that's the thing for all the running backs going on and um, end up on a standoff like the star running back is, Jonathan Taylor. So, like I said, cooler heads always prevails. And then when you, when, you, when, you, when, you, when you cool down and you settle down and you get to talk like men, sometimes that's when things get worked out. So you don't, don't, don't think it's going to be a harsh relationship the whole time, right? I think something's going to happen. Now here's now here's something that was very interesting to me. Now this was a this was going on while they was going through their little uh their little powwow, their little fight. You know what I mean? This is a quote from Jimmer's Jimmer say, "If I die tonight and Jonathan Taylor is out of the league, no one's gonna miss us. The leagues go on. The league goes on. We know that. Now for him to make a statement like that at a time like that, that's kind of harsh. That's whoa. You kind of could have pulled back from that a little bit, but." Like I say, and your emotions are high. Uh, he's the owner of a, a franchise, a four, four or five billion dollar franchise team. I mean, he's been a millionaire rich man for a long time. So, you know, uh, egos and control, power, all these things come into play. Not, not Jonathan Taylor feels like he got control and power. He's done his job. He's outplayed his, his rookie contract. So how do you get to the bottom of this? Right. You're going to miss four games. That's going to leave you with 13 games left. So these owners and these, these GMs, they know what they're doing because your value can sink. Your value can sink easy in the NFL. If y'all don't know that, if you're not on the field producing, it's a year by year thing that you are evaluating. Each team has a numerous scouts on the team evaluating each and everything about you. But at the end of the day, Jim, Jim Arce needs to work this out with uh, Jonathan Taylor and, and uh, get a deal done. 
that both is amicable for both parties and nobody's going to get exactly what they want, but maybe they can come together and get something done. Right. So this is a story that we're going to continue to watch and, and, and cover and see and see what comes to fruition from this situation, whether he be traded or he gets a new deal. All right, so let's get to the Cowboys. We know we know the Cowboys is always in the media. It's, it's, it's America's favorite team, so they always got a lot going on. Every year, it's the Super Bowl. It's a couple. It's like that for a lot of teams, right? <laughs> let's get straight to it, right? Jerry Jones made a trade for Trey Lance, and straight don't give a damn. He don't give a damn what nobody got to say. He ain't giving a damn what nobody, the leader of the team, he don't care what the leader of the team has to say. When I say the leader of the team, I'm talking about the head coach. I haven't got to the quarterback yet. Coach Jerry Jones is fed up and he is t- sick and tired of what how his franchise is being run. And that's what I'm feeling from him. When you do things like this, you make a trade and you're not letting nobody know. He said nobody. He said nobody. He mean that from his heart. Nobody's been known. Your franchise quarterback didn't know. He said he was surprised, but now he's understanding that nothing can surprise him in the NFL. But he came out and said that this was like a business move and, you know, it was kind of surprising to him. And obviously that can't sit so well with the starting quarterback who's supposed to be the franchise quarterback of the team. We have seen in the past before of quarterbacks drafting quarterback of, of teams drafting quarterbacks behind their franchise quarterbacks. And seeing how it panned out, Aaron Rodgers, for uh, for example, um, when they drafted, you know, the quarterback at uh, Jordan Love at Green Bay, how did that play out? Egos and all that stuff. Now, 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 Aaron's out of that. You know, he's at the Jets, right? Right. So he didn't reach a long term deal with that. And that's obvious. You know, he's on the last year of this deal that he's previously done. Has he outplayed that deal? Hmm. You know, that's a lot of. You know, that's for. That's up to us to make an opinion about. The scouts definitely going to have their opinion, but um, you know, is he deserving of a new deal? You know, like I said, that's up to the executives to figure that out. Has he played to the caliber of of what the uh, played up to the caliber of what Jerry Jones and the Dallas Cowboys feel? Right? You know, as a player, I'm just letting you know. As a player, I've been through this situation. When you trade for a quote unquote player of this caliber, the number three pick of the draft. Um, you know, previously, and he's coming to, and you come, you bringing him automatically in to be my backup. Yeah, it's gonna feel a certain way. Now, especially if this guy doesn't come in and fit in, and he's not producing it, and the team doesn't feel good about him in the situation. Now, you're causing tension, you're causing commotion. As a player, I'm telling you, I've been through this, right? So, what is this situation all about? Everybody is wrong. Everybody is wrong. This is not here to motivate Dak Prescott. This is here, not here to help them get to the Super Bowl. This is none of those situations. Trey Lance is a leverage piece, if you don't understand that. Trey Lance is brought, has been brought there to help Jerry Jones gain some leverage against Dak Prescott. Because negotiations ain't going well. And guess what? Dak Prescott has all the leverage. And why does he have all the leverage? Because his cap number, number next year is $60 million. $60 million is his cap number. So how do you deal with that as an owner, as a GM, you know, as an executive that's running a company? How do you deal with that? And like I said, you got to try to fight fire with fire. And I think that's what Jerry Jones is doing. And everybody is wrong. 
about this trade. It's not, like I said, it's not here to motivate that. It's not here to, to uh, make the team better. It's not here to win the Super Bowl. Jerry Jones is setting up for a big trade. And there's a lot of talent on that Dallas Cowboys team. I'm talking about from offense to defense. A lot of people are coming up for, for contracts. Their contracts inspiring. And nobody is exempt. I'm talking about the head coach, Trey Lance, Dak Prescott. Well, obviously Dak Prescott one year left, but he could be franchised. But I'm seeing the package. I don't know. Mike McCarthy and Trey Lance together going somewhere. And Jerry Jones making a push for this awesome kid that's coming out of college from USC, Caleb Williams. I don't know. You know, think about it. What if the, what if the Dallas Cowboys go out there? Just put this scenario in the play. What if the Dallas Cowboys go out there and they play and they end up with a, I don't know, uh, let's just say nine and eight record, um, and ten and eight. I mean, nine and eight record. Yeah, that's seventeen games. And you miss the playoffs. You end up with, let's say, you end up with the number fifteen pick of the draft. If that Prescott doesn't have a long term deal by the end of this season, there are going to be some major moves made by Jerry Jones. That's what I'm feeling because, like I said, everybody is looking at this thing wrong. This is a leverage piece for Jerry Jones to combat against Dak Prescott and his agent in negotiation. Because when your cap number is 60, that's kind of what you're negotiating off of. And that's the leverage. Because if you don't negotiate with me, it's hard for you to sign anybody else to long-term deals because this big cap hit that I got. So that's what's going on with Jerry Jones, right? He is trying to create leverage. $59 million in one year for a quarterback uh, is barely making it to the playoffs. You know, you can say a lot of things, but it's a lot. Jerry Jones got to figure that out. And that's what he's trying to do. I, 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 you know, I, I only think he can feel that. And that's probably how he's feeling, thinking about these negotiations. Nobody likes to feel that defeat, especially when you feel like you're in control, when you're in control of your own situation, meaning his team, and he's being defeated or out leveraged. You know what I mean? But, right, now think, now obviously, everybody knows if Dak Prescott went out there and did what Jerry Jones expects him to do, I mean, go to the Super Bowl. He don't have to win the Super Bowl. Make it to the NFC Championship. Shows signs that he's trending upward and not throwing 15 interceptions and having a lot of turnovers. Jerry Jones will break that bank for Dak Prescott. Everybody knows that. He will be the next half a billion dollar guy. But he doesn't believe in Dak Prescott. That is what's going on. Jerry Jones isn't a believer in Dak Prescott. That's why all these moves are being made without consulting with anybody. You got to think about it. If I'm the quarterback on the team, let me know. I want to be a part of everything. Just out of courtesy. Make me feel good. Don't make me have any tensions or no ill will against anybody. Let me know. We ain't even talking about the head coach. The head coach definitely should know. I got to coach this kid. I got to develop kid. I might not agree with what this kid brings to the table. But now... You're putting this on me to develop this kid. That's why I'm telling you, it's everybody's overthinking this. This is a pawn for a trade, and we create, and Jerry Jones is creating leverage, right? Now, don't be surprised, like I said, when this thing is all over. Y'all don't remember the Ricky Williams trade New Orleans Saints did with, uh, he was represented by No Limit Soldiers, Master P. They traded the whole draft to get him. I'm feeling like Jerry Jones, he's made it. Well known that before he leaves this earth, he is trying to get a Super Bowl. And he doesn't care what it takes to do it. He is going to do it. He's going to do whatever it takes to think to get his team to the Super Bowl, which is 
the Cowboys, obviously, right? And that's where we at, man, with the Cowboys trading for Trey Lance. Everybody thinking this thing is about competition, making our team better, uh, put some pressure on Dak Prescott. Man, y'all are all wrong. Like I said, Jerry Jones is setting up for a mega trade. I don't know when and I don't know how, but time will tell and we will see. Now let's get to these uh these Arizona Cardinals. The Arizona Cardinals, what is going on in AZ? You know, they, they got a lot of talking and, you know, they, they're the top of the headlines too. Because first of all, they released the quarterback who ended up being the starting quarterback to relieve Kyler Murray last year, who is Colt McCoy. So you release Colt McCoy off the rip. So what is going on with the Arizona Cardinals exactly? There's been reports and it's been stated that Kyler Murray could possibly be back four to six weeks from now. Now, coming off an of ACL injury, you can say anything, but whenever you come back, it's not, it's not fully there, right? Your strength is not going to be 100%. Your confidence, your mental, and all those things are not going to be 100%. New coach, new system, new team, preparing for the future. Colt McCoy has been with his team for the past two years, relieving Kyler Murray. But when you get a new coach, a new head coach at that, most coaches, most teams, that's a new coach to a new team, he likes to bring his type of players in. He want to get rid of all the bad blood or what he considered the bad blood and build, bring his type of players in. That's what most coaches want to do. You know, you see Deion, Coach Prime doing the same thing at Colorado. I mean, you can name plenty of coaches that has done this when they took over a new job. Not only did they release Colt McCoy and not only Kyler Murray will not be ready, they also released the number eight pick of the, I think it was a 2020 draft, Safety slash linebacker Isaiah Simmons. Now, this is the eighth pick of the draft two, three years ago. And he's been traded for a seventh round pick. So like I said, people, coaches, new head coaches like to get rid of all the old bad blood that maybe was a part of the problem of the, the, the non-winning environment. So you bring your people in and you create your own environment. So now... They traded Isaiah Simmons. They released Colt McCoy. Then they trade for Josh Dobbs. And guess what? They trade for Josh Dobbs, and they are expecting him to come in to lead this team from the beginning of the season because there's nobody else to lead the team. You know, there's a lot of weird situations going on. The word is out. I'm not the first one to say it, and I see everybody know it, but it's blatantly obvious what is going on. I said this previously. There's this kid, Caleb Williams, at the University of Southern California, USC, that is explosive, electric, and exciting. He is a winner. He is breaking all the records at USC. And when I tell you this guy is the real deal, he can run it. He can throw it. He can jump throw it. He can throw it sideways. I mean, this kind of kid that can take your franchise from $5 billion to $10 billion in a couple of years. I mean, so is that what's going on in Arizona? Because like I said, when you rebuilding a team or you come into a system or a new team, you want to bring your, your own type of players in. So are you loading up for this draft and to get the number one pick? Because that's what everybody assumes is going on in AZ. And this looks kind of obvious to me. Um, now, Caleb Williams, this has been said, like, without a doubt, if he doesn't play one more down in college from this point forward, 
he will be the number one or number two pick in the NFL draft. You know, that's how high they're rating this kid, and, and that's the expectations they got of him. All right, all the scouts around the NFL and everywhere else, that's what they're talking about. Caleb Williams. And if you don't know about him, go check him out. He went to, you know, Caleb Williams, he went to Oklahoma first, and then, then he went to USC, USC when uh, head coach Ken Riley transferred. So that's the connection right there, if you don't know. Caleb Williams, he was at Oklahoma, then he transferred to USC with the head coach following, you know, the coach because they had a good relationship and obviously, you know, a good dynamic together. Mm-hmm. Now, Josh Dobbs, like I said, he has minimal experience overseas. The most yards he got is two, three, four hundred yards. You can't be expecting to win. You can't be expecting to feel like you're putting your team in the position to win games. This is not what you call put my team in the best position to win games now. Yes, in the future, you are showing that in the future you are trying to put your team in the best position to win games. But now, as a unit, as a team, it's hard to deal with when you see your coach tanking the season right in front of your face. So you let me know what y'all thoughts and let me know if we may be wrong. I may be wrong. Anybody may be wrong about this. Uh, Arizona situation, releasing all these players and a new head coach coming in and cleaning shop. What else would you expect or what you would want them to do? But with that being said, that's going to put them in a situation with Kyler Murray coming up because they already signed him to a long-term deal. And I don't even think, and it was an extension, and I don't even think he's started playing into the new money yet. So how do you get rid of Kyler Murray How do you trade Kyler Murray away or who will be there to trade for him with all that baggage, meaning the contract and the high cap numbers? Does everybody feel the same way about Kyler Murray that Cliff Kingsbury did about Kyler Murray? uh, Cliff Kingsbury has expressed and shown, if you don't know who Cliff Kingsbury was, that was the head coach before uh, Jonathan Gannon um, and staff. So he's been, and you know, he came from college, so he was watching these kids in college, so it seems like it was a little obsession there, too. I don't know if everybody felt the same way about Kyler Murray that Cliff Kingsbury did. So we have to wait and see. And it's the NFL, baby. A lot of drama. We got to wait and see how things play out. But this is another situation. But everybody's banking on them, tanking the season, and trying to get one of those top picks in the next year draft. Undisputed. The new and improved Undisputed. What y'all think about the Undisputed? Uh... You know, it just came on, you know, first couple of episodes I was able to watch. And I'm giving my thoughts and opinion, what I what I think. You know, first, the first episode, the skip, that intro, man, skip came out with the intro. He had everybody feeling like he about to about to watch a real boxing match, like a world championship boxing match. You had the music on, you had everybody coming down the stage, like they about to uh 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 duke it out. So that was pretty cool. You know what I mean? I, I see you trying to do it big. I see you trying to do it big. But you have some athletes up there that love and passionate about football. So the first day was a little all over the place, right? But it was still fun and still exciting. But it was just something different that we're not used to, right? So the first day, everybody just debating and kind of yelling and screaming and, and going over everywhere. Skip raising his hand, trying to get his questions in. He can't get nothing in. And that was the first day. So from the first day, we see that it was no structure. So I'm sure y'all talked about that and tried to get that together. It wasn't no structure. That's what that's what kind of uh, was cool about the about the show. 
because structure is not good all the time. Sometimes we like to see it raw and authentic. And that's what we get, what you gave us on the first day. Now, the second day, you come back and we, we see, we was able to see and could tell. And obviously, that's what you do. You have a meeting and you talk about your episodes. And I'm sure Skip, the first thing Skip said was, hey, guys, you got to let me talk here. I can't get one word in. And yes, that's what it looked like, Skip. Actually, it looks like Skip needs to step behind the scene and be a producer and let them boys go at it. Richard Sherman, Keyshawn Johnson, and Micah Irvin. Now, that was exciting. The second day, it was funny. I mean, the debates was crazy. They talked about who was the best, uh, what's the harder position, wide receiver, a defensive back. It had no, numerous debates about positions. And it was one debate. They was talking about the two receivers up there. Of course, they, they uh, double-teaming my boy, Richard Sherman. It was two receivers, Keyshawn Johnson, and Michael Irvin debating, uh, and, and he was trying to tell receivers how they catch the ball. And he was saying, in traffic, sometimes you tense up because you know people are going to hit you. So you got to catch the ball with your body, right? Okay. Now, here's my take on that. Here's my take on that. First of all, right, you got to learn the fundamentals in any sports. And the fundamentals is catch the balls with your hands. So kids, don't listen to that part. Listen to the fundamentals. Catch the ball with your hands. Tuck. Catch, tuck. Catch, tuck. Right? He's in the NFL talking on the NFL level, right? Now, you learn how to catch the ball with your hands and you perfect that, right? And now as you get older or whatever, what have you, or when it's game time period, I don't even know what age to, to consider it. Um, but when it's game time or action, you just let your instincts kick in, whether it comes to your hands or your body. But it's funny that Mike said that because that, I mean, that was the way he called a lot and he did use his body and, you know, the film showed that. So, I mean, that was his signature catch. But to the youth, like we don't listen to that. Learn the fundamentals of catching the ball or of anything. Learn the fundamentals first and then you could tweak it and whatever. You know what I mean? Now, let's get back to the show. Right. It was overall, like I said, I like it. It was pretty good. It's different because you're used to seeing one Shannon and two Skip going back and forth. Now it's kind of like playing mind games on us because we it's undisputed, but it's four or five different characters up there. So, you know, moving forward, I think it's going to be a, a good show. I think it's going to pan out well. I think these guys have a, uh, it looks like they have history together. Um, they used to debating. You could tell these are guys that used to debate and they're passionate about what they're saying about the sport and all that. So there's, there's camaraderie there. Uh, it seems like, Skip is making sure there's type some type of bond. But this is a problem for Skip because Skip has an ego. Skip wants to be a popular guy, a public figure, a popular public figure. He w- thinks he can't walk anywhere without, you know, yeah, obviously you're a recognizable guy. Skip. But now you're getting taken out of that spotlight because you're going to be overshadowed by players, numerous players that are passionate loud, exciting, energetic when they're talking. Michael Irvin, Broward County type of guy, Fort Lauderdale. We like to move around, show actions when we talk. We get up and talk, but we're going to talk that shit and we're going to put a stamp on it. You know what I mean? So you got you got you some exciting, excitement on the show, but I don't know. Either you're the, you got to be the host or it's time to take a step back, man, Skip. But, you know, keep that thing going. It looked good. Wasn't really no complaints. So that Undisputed show, 
More to come. Waiting on more to come. So, man, I'm, that's me, man, Mr. Pick 6, catching up through the season. The season about to start. There's a lot going on, man. It got all type of drama. You know, the undisputed, uh, the broadcaster and the commentators have more drama than the teams in the NFL and the players uh, in the offseason. Like, they was the one with all the drama. Imagine that. So, it's been a fun-filled offseason, and now it's time to get to the season and get to the real deal of things. And, man, we're excited. You know, Thursday night football going to be the first kickoff, September 7th. Y'all make sure y'all tune in to Mr. Pick 6. Like, comment, subscribe. I'm going to keep these heat. Keep this heat coming at you, and we're going to keep having some fun, keep talking, uh, keep having different opinions because, you know, we think, think differently. Like I said, Trey Lance is not brought there to compete or make that team better. He's brought there at, for, as a pawn and business leverage for Jerry Jones to make a blockbuster trade. Say what needs to be said. Mr. Pick 6, I'm out. to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube you know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks that's what our podcast people are the worst brings you with each episode i'm rachel And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.